The Green Soldiers podcast is a woodworking show featuring Jason Bent, Brian Sedgley, and Ben Marshall. They are all over the YouTube and the Instagrams with the woodworking stuff and the festival stuff. It's great. This episode is sponsored by me, Hans, from Hans's Guard. Do you drop your pecker sometimes? Do you bang it up against other things and make it bent or broken on the floors? Don't be broken. Be protected with Hans's Guard. Simply take your favorite woodpecker tool, insert it in the protective liner, and then you'll never have to worry about hurting your favorite tool from the woodpeckers ever again. That's the pecker protector from me, Hans. Now, onto the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 38 of the Green Sears podcast. For our audio listeners, I'm sitting here with the great, the one and only, the most interesting man on the planet. <laughs> Mr. Eric Gorgeous, <laughs> and look, and we have a, we have an even uh, less special guest this week. Uh, we wanted to welcome Jason Bent onto the podcast. Who, uh, it seems like you haven't been on in like what fifteen episodes, Jason. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, something like that. But Eric, how does it feel to be the actual most interesting man in the world? Like that Dosecki's guy is trash. I don't know. I I uh, I thought it was funny. I heard you guys on a, a different or a different episode, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Maybe after work bench con, I mm-hmm. think, and that came up. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> nice. You should have commercials made. Yeah, I should. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I even okay. like, I, I love Dosecki's beer too. So yeah, me too. Dark or light. I like them both, man. I like yeah. them both. It just depends on the mood, right? I like Negro. Those, that's uh, that's really good. I love the Secchi's dark and Modelo Negro is good too. But I like oh, I prefer uh, the Secchi stack. I'm writing them an email in the morning. <laughs> I'm gonna say <laughs> he likes he likes your beer, and this guy is actually interesting. Sometimes, sometimes I am. Ben, what are you doing? I was checking to see when this when this episode's going to come out, but it's going to be still out. a May one, right? Uh, no. Oh, so the giveaways are over. It's next weekend. Yeah, yeah, it is. So this is this is the last episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is the very last episode for uh, the Sedgley giveaway. That's an awesome giveaway. Yeah, too. it is. That's a really awesome. Giveaway. Yeah, and I'm, I'll travel anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Look, yo, Brian's just gonna come live in your house for a week. He's gonna yeah. eat food in my pouch. You gotta, yeah, you gotta, you know, do his laundry for him and all sort of stuff. And we ship Provide him. Beer. We ship, ship ship sedge all over the country. You wake up sedge in your fridge. Any <laughs> <laughs> wings or uh... looking for wings? Looking I need for... some wingies. <laughs> But just want to remind everybody that's listening to this, this is, as you're listening to this, you need to sign up for the giveaway if you haven't already. Uh, yeah. For your chance to win a Sesley, which is, again, a really great value. I think now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Patrick and Michelle, they're doing another giveaway with us the, uh, in June, right? Oh, wow. Um, I, I want to say it's either July or when we hit 100. Oh, wow. Um, I'm pretty sure they still plan on doing one. They had something special planned for a hundred, but they were just here this this weekend and we were talking about it. But the reason I'm asking is because if that's the case, then they're gonna do one in June also. We we also have the one with US tool and fastener that we're gonna be doing. Yeah. So there might be two winners, two giveaways next month. Wow, it's a lot we'll of have more travel. details in the next episode. Yeah. 
Well, they're not giving away a Sudgley. They're going to give away a Bentley. Ooh. <laughs> it's, nice. it's a new thing. It's in the works. Nice. <laughs> Don't worry, Sedge. You're on, you're on the short list. I'm, okay, still, I'm still waiting for the emails back from, from them for, for, the, for the Bentley giveaway. The Bentley giveaway? Yeah. yeah Tony, it's going to be great. Wait till you see what the Bentley is. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm just joking. There's no Bentley. No, no, there is. It's uh, it's like a butt plug holder, isn't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> is that the one, is that the one uh, that's actually mouse pads by Patrick? <laughs> it's, it's just like a crumpled up piece of leather. No, Ben. So <laughs> when they were here this weekend, that was a quick drop, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I totally forgot about that till just now. So, uh, you know. You know how like I always give Patrick crap and then he immediately like tries to come right back over the yeah. top and give crap to me in some feeble, feeble attempt, right? So he said I can't remember what he said. And I was like, we all know that it's it should really be, you know, leather by Michelle. And from now on, you guys just need to start a new business. It could be mouse pads by Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> and I could not stop laughing to the point where Patrick kept looking at me. He was getting pissed. <laughs> I don't think he was getting pissed. He's got a thick skin. Yeah. It was just funny though, because for the rest of the time they were there, we just kept talking about mouse pads by Patrick. He, he hand signs each one with a crayon on the back. Yeah. Oh, speaking of crayons. Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of crayons. So we have this nightlight that we put in the hallway and it looks like a crayon. It changes color even uh, at night. You can filter through all different colors. Well, it's right outside the guest room door. And it's, it's a, like a crayon or a colored pencil, right? But it, it's the shape. It looks like one. If you were to look at it, that's what you'd think. He, sat, he came downstairs. He took a picture of it when the light was on, and he was so in love with this nightlight that was a crayon. And I'm like, why am I not surprised? <laughs> He's like, it changes color and everything. This is great. Look, Leo, I like your nightlight. And I'm like, oh, geez. Wow. How many times did you try to eat it? Yeah, every night. <laughs> no, it was it was great. They uh, they came down for the weekend and we just had an awesome time and. Um, he helped me install a sink, uh, which was nice, which they owed me because, you know, Nicole bought the sink because they have one. So mm -hmm. it's only fair. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah. Their fault. Yeah. But it was a great time. Smoked a cigar each night out on the back patio. The, the weather was nice enough each day to get out there and s smoke a cigar. I gotta, I gotta be honest. Like the day after he left, I kind of wished I had a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you had a little bit of a nicotine problem now. Yeah. No, I mean, I only chew, smoke, cigars, cigarettes. Yeah. Mar marijuana. No, I'm just kidding. Snort cocaine. Snort cocaine, yeah. yeah. Get up heroin. heroin every once in a while. How's everything with the with the movement going, Jason? Uh, the move's done. So um, that's good. Now it's just slowly but surely getting things together in the shop. Problem is now is that like the way that I have to do things is in such a specific order um to do it right so like right here the insulation mm -hmm. for the garage door um which i'm doing a video on i actually filmed it and i'm going to do like a voiceover on it but dude you would not believe that that video on instagram of me installing it has gone bananas it's got like 
400 and something thousand views, the reel. And I keep getting all of these messages. I have at least four or five right now since lunchtime that are all people that I've never talked to before. So they're like message requests. And it's like, yeah. can you please tell me what kind of uh, insulation kit this is, where you got it from? So I'm like, dude, this YouTube video will probably go bananas. Yeah. Um, but I needed to get that done before I frame it in. Yeah. Once I frame it in, then I can get my miter saw station and everything in place because the placement of it is kind of dictated off of where that wall ends up. So uh, once I do that and I can actually start putting drawers away and I actually have some space to walk around in here, um, should be, should be a lot better. I can get, you know, a lot of these sustainers up and put them where they need to go. So are you keeping the same miter saw station that you had in the old shop? Yes. Unfortunately I had to make a modification to it though. I had to drop one of the cabinets because the way it is right now, it's like seven inches too long, six inches too long, and it'll block Ooh. the door. Yeah, I have that problem too. Yeah, six or I seven inches too long. I knew that was <laughs> yeah. Hey, are you saying you had to drop your drawers? Yes. Yeah, drop okay. my drawers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just checking, man. Yeah. I mean, technically speaking, I did have to drop my drawers. Um, so instead of like taking the long cabinet and cutting it down and going to all that trouble, to save, you know, seven inches. Like I just pulled one of the more narrow cabinets out. Mm -hmm. I'll put it somewhere else in the basement or something for now. Luckily, the one that I pulled out, man, talking about size and pulling out and all this weird stuff on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. This is really going south. I'm dying here. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to deal with it. I originally I didn't want to use that door, but now we want to use that door. So. Some of the kind of, corner. Yeah, I kind of threw a wrench in my plans, but at the same time, like it'll be a lot better for me to go in and out that to take trash out than like opening up my main the two car garage door, having it stay open. So, so does, that, does that door does that lead to the outside? Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Yeah, it's an exterior access door. My mini split unit and everything is going to be sitting out there on the pad, and trash cans will sit out there on the pad. So that'll be all right. With your, because I, I saw your, well, not your stories, but whenever you were first moving in, how are you going to do your ductwork with, with the G seven hundred with the because of the the inlet? Uh, same as before. That's why it's close to the wall. So when I wall in the garage door, the inlet or, or the pipes are going to come out exactly the same way they did in the other shop. Only instead of me going up at a forty five, you know, like right here. Yeah. Um. I'm coming out about 18 inches or so, and then I'm going to go 90 straight up and 90 again at the ceiling. And then I'm going to run it down to this pole right here. And that will be my drop because the pole's in the way. So yeah, yeah. I'm just going to use that to my advantage. And then I'll run the duct work all the way down to the corner right here and run it all the way down this wall, which that was a mistake where I hung the lumber racks. Um, I didn't take into consideration the, the duct work. So I'm going to have to, move some of those but um it'll go down and go to the cnc did you did you listen to the last podcast the one that i wasn't on uh or the one that we were all on uh no 37 the one that just came out on sunday yeah i listened to that well because you know hans has a a product you could probably use for your wood yes i wanted to talk to you about that <laughs> i love the new i love the new ad read 
Hans's woodlifter. Yeah, the woodlifter. Are you going to do something different for every episode? Yeah. It's really awesome. good for getting bent wood up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> so, awesome. so when do you think the, the shop will be? I mean, I don't want to say done because that's really big question to ask, but like, when do you, when do you see, like, like what is, what's the state of the inside and, and of the home and like, and the shop is like the inside been the main focus and you guys are getting that all set up or you've been kind of doing both at the same time. I'll tell you what my main focus, I, what I've wanted my main focus to be. And that's where I'm sitting right now. Well, it's clearly not cause you got crap everywhere. Yeah. It's, it hasn't because I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I want the inside of the house, look, but it's, it's going to get to a point. I think I've gotten to that point now where I'm just like, like I told Nicole, um, I told Nicole today, I was like, I have got to start getting out there. The biggest problem right now is that the majority of the things I need to do are things that are going to be very loud. And I'm like drilling into the wall and that's going to be super loud. I can't do that when Leo goes to sleep Yeah, because it will wake him up. It will wake her up. And I know that like, that's just the reality that I'm in now. Um, even yeah, later, later on down the road, that's not going to be an issue that I'm concerned about. But <clears throat> so right now it's like, when do I do it? Yeah. Well, even with all the, the soundproofing work that you did, it's still, it's still transferring to the rest of the house. The soundproofing won't do anything. If you're drilling into studs yeah. that will, that will radiate throughout the entire house. Um, when I'm just, you know, doing things that re make regular noise. The problem is though, is that because of what I need to get done, there's not really much I can do right now other than just move things from one spot to another, you know, yeah. I really need to get those two things done and then I will be able to do a ton more because that's when I can actually start opening up these boxes and getting the OmniWall stuff out and getting, you know, all the sustainers out of my shop that I don't need in here. And so, I mean, I've already done pretty much this side. It's just, there's a bunch of junk and stuff like all my lumber's already there. My three main power tools are all, you know, where they're supposed to be. It's just a lot of little stuff. And I, I just, I want to get it done to answer your question. How far or how, when do I think it'll be done? If I'm lucky first week of June, maybe if I had like one week, you know, five days, five solid days, even four days, I'd have everything done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's the problem. You know, I get up, I take Leo to daycare, I go to work, I pick him up, I come home, wait till Nicole gets home, we eat dinner. And then it's like, boom, it's almost time for Leo to go to bed. Yeah. So this weekend, I'm my goal this weekend would be to get the wall done, to get the miter saw station installed, possibly get the mini split installed, and start getting some of the stuff put away. Yeah. So it's a busy weekend. Very. Saturday, hopefully, I can do the wall. The wall shouldn't take too long. It's just real quick, simple framing, throwing it up, bracing it thrown in the insulation, putting on the fronts, and then it, that's done. Then I can get the miter saw station. So if I can get one of those two, if I can get the wall done before um, Saturday afternoon, you know, and then Sunday I can work on that. And the mini split only takes a few hours. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You just got to, you just got to put a four inch hole through the wall and then mount everything up right to the unit side. Yeah. Yep. You just got to decide where you want it. Make sure there's not a stud behind that hole, drill through. And then the, all the, the main work is all outside, wiring it, getting the line set, the line set cover, getting that installed, all that. 
Let's be quick. We we did it pretty fast with Sedge, huh? Is that two twenty? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a larger unit, right? You went to twenty four k versus eighteen k, right? Uh, I do have a larger unit than most. Yes, Sedge. Yeah. Yeah. Yours is bigger than mine. It absolutely went, uh, is. Because I, I work in a small space, so I only went with an eighteen k. But you get a well, you get the same space. The same you can size. be a little. You can be a little tight with the twenty four k. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I had no intention on getting the 20. I mean, they gave it to me. Like Ooh, they just shoved it right at you. Yeah. So it's like a hard I mean, give or like a soft give. Yeah. They, they really gave it to me hard. Yeah. Easy, yeah. easy and hard mm. way. I like it. No, but they, I mean, I just reached out to him. I was like, Hey, I 100% would love to put another one of these in my shop. It's been fantastic. I have no complaints. I've never had an issue with it. And it did a really good job. I was like, you guys want to partner up again? And immediately they were like, yeah, what do you want? I was like, the same unit would be fine. He's like, you want to go 24,000 this time? I was like, ah, I mean, if you're Yolo, YOLO yeah. right? That's what all the kids say. YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. That's the biggest mistake I made with my shop was not putting a, a, a split in. Every you don't have one in it? No, I use the stove, the wood stove for heating the main shop. Um, I've got a room in the back for like finishing and glues and stuff. And mm -hmm. I heat that with electric. So that's on its own thing. And then the summertime, I've got a little AC unit that I put in, but it's no bueno. I'm telling you like <clears throat> absolutely 100%. I would recommend yep. one of those units. It is. I, I should have, I, I looked into it and I was like, yeah, I don't feel like dealing with it right now. And I sort of you could up. still do it now, couldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> very, very a, easy to install. Yep. I poured a pad, waited about a week. Jason came over and we just knocked it out. Yeah. Well, I should say Jason knocked it out. Sedge Sedge handed me my beers. Yep. That's yeah. all you need, really. Yeah. Absolutely. Beer, beer I know my place. <laughs> tell, well, when we when we rebuild this back deck and we all do it all together, uh, like we were talking about. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna have multiple people to hand me my beers, right? Sure. Yeah. I'll Actually, no. If it's at my house, I'll hand Eric and Sedge and Ronnie. I'll hand you. I'll hand you guys your beers. Okay. And then I'll just go. Hey, that doesn't look straight to me. Fix it. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you to go up front. Yeah. <laughs> hey, poor people. Poor people. That's not level. That's not level right there. <laughs> no. No bueno, sir. That is no bueno. <laughs> where, where is Hefe at? Yeah, I wanted Hefe. Peasants, this is not what I wanted. Oh my god, Nicole, they're doing it again. <laughs> I can't find good help these days. <laughs> but but are you, are you guys enjoying the new house though, Jason? Absolutely, that's awesome. Um, it's great. We're super quiet. happy with it. It's quiet, way bigger. Um, making all kinds of nice little modifications. Nicole's really, really good at uh, spending the money we made on selling the house. Uh, really good at it. Nice couch, dude. Oh, oh honey, look at that. There's none left. Good, good Nice job. couch. Said, you want to hear the thing that showed up today? Oh, I heard Marianne told me the fridge showed. Yeah, the new refrigerator. Nice. We got a like a Bosch refrigerator. It's really nice. Is it a fancy one with like the screen on the door? No, 
No, we didn't. Are so hard to use. Holy smokes. Tells you when your milk's running low. It's got, like, a, yeah. it's, it's got a tonal on the front of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leo would never leave the fridge if we had something like that. No, but it's great. Um, well, not tonal. We kept the old fridge, though, so now we have two fridges. Man, um, look at you. The yeah. old fridge. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I'm I mean, kind of a big isn't deal. That, I mean, I have, yeah, I have two fridges. All right. I have over a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. I deserve <laughs> two fridges. Yeah, you do. You're going to, you're going to put that other fridge in your uh, dining room. No, it's in the, it's in the, uh, the gym. Nice. So that way it's right off the kitchen. It's, yep. it's in the third kitchen. Yeah. It's in yeah. the gym. So I can grab like my cupcakes and stuff while I'm riding the bike and running <laughs> on the treadmill. It's really easy access. Grab my. So beer. you've got, you got pedal for ultra. Now you're going to have tonal for cupcake. That's yeah. name. I was this close to putting it in the shop in the same place. You have your sedge, same yeah. exact place. Beer fridge. This close. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, now nah, I don't want to, don't want to sacrifice that space. This is my beats laboratory. You know what I mean? I need my space. Oh my god! <laughs> but, anyways, well, yeah, it's great. We're happy. It's more, well, it's more of a studio than a shop, anyhow. I, I will before I'm gonna kick it over to Sedge. Um, but I mean, we've been here now for what two weeks? Two weeks, just starting to get everything set up. Yeah, we were looking at houses uh, this morning while we were drinking coffee. Why? That's a joke. <laughs> Let's say um, it's a joke because the guys that came and helped me, <laughs> one of them said, he looked, he looked at Sedge and he was like, I mean, just think about it, guys. We'll get to do all this over again in two years. I was like, God damn it. The house, the, a really nice one house. time. Hey, have one you guys time. heard about the Series podcast? Yeah, it's, it's, like a, it's like a house buying podcast. Like, well, that's all the hosts talk about. It's just like buying and selling a house. That's it. The house <laughs> oh, across and then the street just went up for sale, and it's not selling. And it's, a re it's really priced really low. Could have moved right yeah. across the street, dude. I think, I think things are starting to slow, slow oh. down. Oh, yeah. Interest oh, rates yeah. have really gone up, which kind of destroyed the plans that we had. But... <laughs> um, VA actually just came down by like 0.25% uh, yesterday. If it comes down a little bit more, then we'll probably refinance like the original plan. But um, yeah, it's I'm getting uh, notifications like revisit this house. It's still on the market. I'm like, what the heck? That's crazy, man. I think we sold like right at the right, right in the nick of time. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I really, really do. So anyways, Sedge. <clears throat> What have you been up to, buddy? Moving rocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sedge is getting ready for the uh, strongman Ooh. competition. Holy crap. That one knocked the right in the dirt. That big one. Yeah. It was unreal. Jason's got a pond um, um, gully washer out in the back, and they got all these rocks around it. And Marianne's got a rock wall. So I've been hoisting rocks every time I'm over there and taking them. And, uh, Patrick and uh, Jason helped me this move the few, but man, the there was ones. one. Bi there was one big rock, man. I thought I was, I thought it was an Iceland moving the the what do they call it the hull the hull the hull Thor or whatever it is. My God, it was fun though, and uh, I got them pretty much all set. That been doing that. We didn't film this weekend or shoot this weekend. I've been prepping a lot of stuff for upcoming builds we're going to be doing and. What else? 
Got fast or, internet. Oh my god! Uh, if you listen to the next one, where it's just Ben and I, you'll hear about the hassle that was. They finally showed up, Ben. The guy goes, "What am I doing?" <laughs> he had no idea, but he he had been here before. He's a really cool guy. His name's Wade. Shout out to Wade. He he uh, did a few things with my computer afterwards. And that was the first step. And now I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to go from PC to Apple. Yes. I've been looking at an iMac for the desk. There you go. A really nice one with all the all the goodies. Marianne's getting a new notebook and a new iPad. So it's, you know, Apple, it, it's it makes everything easy, man. So like so like this, for instance, coming coming to to Eric's girlfriend's house. So. When Eric shows up, like I had my laptop open, it was ready to to get the Wi-Fi password or whatever. As soon as he enters in the password on my Apple, guess what? It automatically pops up on my. It, it does it automatically on my phone. Let's see, that's sweet. So it's like it's like all this interconnected systems, and it's. Mm. I tell you, man, you're gonna be really happy. I've I've had an iPhone forever, and when I have to transfer videos from my iPhone to my PC, whether at work or here, it is such a hassle. Yeah. Where Oh, welcome airdrop to the is, world of airdrop. Airdrop <laughs> is where it's at, and everything will sync yep. in the house. And uh, I've already started to look at Google Nest, which you suggested, Jace. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna the drop Google some, whole home Google. whole home thing. I'm gonna do that, and you know, get in then. Then then it'll be easier because the boys they all have Apple. Yeah. They all work off of that, so mm-hmm. we'll sync everything for Sedge Tool, and it'll just be a lot easier. And uh, uh, Big D worked for Apple, so he's really? going to do all the transfers for me and everything, and That's it'll be cool. It's awesome. Yep. Looking forward to the summer, man. We're going to be building some really cool stuff. Window seat. Yep. Marianne's cool. excited about that. I started, already um, started getting my templating material. I'm going to teach people up. how to do that, like I'm building on a yacht. And it's going to be fun. Hey, gonna, there you go. That, you that actually, that, that could be a, one of the group projects. You're gonna do the cardboard mock-up, right? Knock that out in a weekend. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna template it first. I want to show how to use. We used to use um, on yachts. We used to use door skins mm-hmm. uh, with real thin material, and you could just you know cut it with a scissor or a shear, yeah. and then you take that and you loft it. I'm also gonna do cardboard mock-ups on it. Show that just to get a feel for it, modeling right, and then go from there. And I mean, building it after that will just be like effortless. It always is. You know my mudroom. We I uh, I cardboard marked that up. Yeah, yeah. And so Marianne could look at it and make changes if she wanted. She wanted to see how it looked in the space. So yeah, it's just it's a glue gun, man. Glue gun and cardboard. Yeah, yeah, but for sure. It's better to do that with cardboard than than full materials. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, especially nowadays with the cost of materials, it's ridiculous. My new couch that I got is just cardboard and hot glue. Oh yeah. Boy, it's comfortable, huh? Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> really nice to look at. Yeah. Man, yeah don't yeah. sit on it. Don't sit on it. Oh, well, <laughs> no, there's a problem because now Marianne's going on the way home. You know, we ought to start looking for something for the living room. Well, she's good at spending your bonus. Like Nicole's yeah. good at spending our, our profit from the house yeah. sale. I should you know, buy hey, something for the shop just to be a jerk. Like, I'll Nicole, buy a drum sander again. Does Nicole listen to the uh, podcast? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, no, okay, because I was gonna. Does, so, I was care. gonna drop that bomb again. I got, <laughs> we were standing in the kitchen. They said, "Hey, when are we gonna do the kitchen, Jason?" <laughs> oh yeah, 
I want to redo the kitchen. Oh, yeah. This kitchen, I feel like, will be, uh, be easy, quite a bit easier than than the than the last one. But I'm excited oh, yeah. about it. I when she gets happy about stuff, I mean, like I could care, I could really care less about the sink. But now we have it in there, I like it. But mm-hmm. you know, that was important to her, and it's it looks great. Like she does a good job picking things out. I may give her a hard time and stuff, but Nicole has very expensive taste. I don't think it's purposeful the things that she likes always end up being the expensive thing. Mm-hmm. We'll be looking. You she's like, oh, I think I've had, of course it's $10,000. I'm like, yeah, of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? You, you like it. <laughs> That's exactly how it is. So it's an expensive sink. Yeah. Yeah. $10,000 sink. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's platinum. Yeah. yeah. I would say scratch. Yeah, it's, it's sitting on uh builder grade, like for Micah counter. <laughs> it is. It's just beautiful. Yeah, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Great job, honey. Eric, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been doing all kinds of stuff, man. I got uh, I got a lot going on. So between the motorcycle shop and the wood shop and redoing a bunch of stuff at the house, it's it's just been crazy. I've been I've been working nonstop for a couple months now. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the stuff you've been doing to the house, but I wanted to ask about the motorcycle because I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. But I saw that bike you posted. That yeah. that, that thing one. was amazing. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that's a pretty panhead. Real nice. God. Came out great. How long were you working on that motorcycle? Uh, that one got caught up in the middle of COVID. So like, uh, when COVID hit. I was just getting into the frame. So that, that created some problems for me time-wise. And then we had some supplier issues for a couple parts, but um, I don't know, probably a year to build, you know? Wow. He asked a question and then he left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's good like that. Going to bed. <laughs> Whatever. So Eric, so, if you say so, can can you just briefly explain? Because I know that, that some of our I heard all of it. Just to be clear, sorry, I'm sure you did. Some of our audience may not even know who you are. So can you just like briefly explain? I'm sure most of them don't. Um, <laughs> I don't. I'm interested to hear this. You know who you are. What do you do? Just just like a really brief yeah kind of sure, background sure, on yourself. Sure, uh, uh, Eric Gorgeous, mm-hmm. and uh, I own a company called Voodoo Choppers. Um, that we started 23 years ago and it's all handmade motorcycles. So we make everything in house, We make the frame, all the sheet metal, the front end, the controls, everything, uh, um, you know, that you would want, uh, handmade, we, we can do it in house. Yeah. And, um, and that's been a blessed life, you know, like I've, I've been able to travel all over the place and, and we have bikes all over the world. Um, and they're all one of a kind motorcycles. So that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. And, and obviously you do woodworking and mm-hmm. yep. Yep. As I a side and built a wood shop out, uh, about four years ago. Now I built a full shop for that. Uh, and we do a lot of project videos with that and the television show craftsman's legacy. Uh, I host that show. We started that in 14 on PBS um, nationally. And then um, we moved it to YouTube 
last year in 21. And, and for Craftsman's Legacy, um, the, the gist of it is, is that you travel around the country interviewing different craftsmen. Yeah. 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 And asking them about their trade and how they got into it. And, and it's usually, I don't want to say one off tradesman, but it's, it's really unique trades that you're, that you're interviewing them and, and you're figuring out like what it is they do and why they do it. And, um, you know, I, I would say that it's, it's kind of like the lost art press of, of craftsmanship, you know, people that are just kind of maintaining a lot of the traditional crafts. Um, th these are the kind of people that, that Eric interviews and it's, it's a really awesome show. And it's also his Instagram handle for those of you that, that are interested in checking out what he does for uh, craftsman legacy. You just took my account recommendation today. And I will tell you, it's my favorite program. Yeah. Oh, period. The whole reason why, how I found out about it was because, um, Sedge is the one that recommended your book. Um, uh, also called craftsman's legacy. And I, I, I thought it was incredible. I thought it was an awesome read and, mm -hmm. oh, thanks. um, I, I think it's awesome that you travel around and are talking to people about what they do and why they do it. And, uh, it's, 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 it's really special. You yeah. know, it's like, uh, you know, the whole idea for the show, you know, with the motorcycle shop, I, I traveled around a lot and I grew up with a father who, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of, of money. Um, but my dad was like fearless with mm -hmm. everything, you yeah. know, like it didn't matter if he knew how to do it. He was very mechanically inclined and, um, he was a woodworker himself and uh he would just do it you know it didn't matter what it was and my granddad was a cabinet maker by trade so you know i grew up around that with that appreciation of working with your hands and and just like figuring it out mm -hmm. you know finding a way and as a young boy i got to do a lot of things that that uh you don't always get to do you know mm -hmm. electrical work plumbing work cement work brick work you know framing cabinetry all, all, everything and anything you know man shit yeah and it, and it was just Be a man uh, it was really cool you know and uh so when i was traveling with the motorcycles i'd meet all kinds of different people because we do shows all over the place and uh i thought man it'd be really cool to have a television show that highlighted craftsmen you know mm -hmm. like people that work with their hands and and uh it took a long time but eventually we we got it you know to screen and the stories you hear it's it's really amazing it, it really gives you it forces you to look at life differently yeah. right yeah like when i originally i, I was in corporate and you know, you're sort of, you're, you're, I enjoyed what I did. I was on, on, in tech and I really enjoyed what I did because it was problem solving all the time, but you're always looking at the money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how can I advance and how can I make You're always looking money? at the bottom line. How can you yeah. decrease your margins and yeah. And, and, and you, you forget that, you know, that whole drive, that idealism is really made up. Yeah. You know, like as a society, we created that drive and it's not really 
hundred percent necessary, mm -hmm. you know, and I've met people that have amazing lives and beautiful homesteads and, you know, they, they don't have the background that you think they would. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they, they made their own way in life mm -hmm. and, and they're not what other people would say monetary rich yeah you know and and it really forces you to look at life differently in that regard and i don't know it was a blessing for me to tell you the truth that's awesome man and that ladies and gentlemen that's why eric's like the most interesting person on the planet right there yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know you get to, on your show though uh when when you go visit these people part of that is that you are doing they're teaching you how to do what it is you're visiting for correct yeah for the most part yeah yeah right and i'll tell you the idea behind that jay was that um i would get people you know i'd get letters all the time you know this is you know you, a couple of years ago you get i get handwritten letters you get emails you get i get phone calls at the shop for at the motorcycle shop for people that want to apprentice or, Hey, I want to learn to weld, or I want to learn to shape metal, you know, like, and I would always ask them, you know, we don't, I haven't done an apprentice. Uh, I haven't taken on an apprentice in, in many years now, cause I, I don't have the time right now to, to do that. And an apprenticeship, it, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'll come, I'll just sweep the floors or just hang out. And I'm like, no, dude, like, an apprenticeship is literally a 50 50 relationship. You know, when I was an apprentice, um, back in the day with, with a mentor learning how to become a metal shaper, you know, you, you really understand the value of that, right? It's not a, an issue or a situation where, Hey, I'm going to get somebody that's going to work cheap for me or, um, or for free or whatever that situation may be it, but it needs to be this 50 50 relationship where you are giving to them what you know so that they can learn from that and build on that to become better than you right and you have to be willing and have the opportunity and the availability in order to make that happen and and i i can't right now but what i was starting at was I would get a lot of people asking me this and I would always ask them, what, what are you doing to help yourself? Well, nothing. I can't, you know, I don't have access to a welder or I don't have access to a shaper. I'm like, all right, well, you know, what, what are you doing about that? Like, are you, you're going to a library, you're getting books on welding, you're getting books on metallurgy, you're getting books on, you know, anything that, that is around that so that you can start training your brain how to do that thing you know like like welding right a large part of that is the mechanics of welding understanding you know what it is you're doing with your hands if it's tig welding you're using your eyes your hands your feet if it's make you're using your eyes and your your uh hands and your ears and you know or stick or whatever flame welding whatever it is or you're shaping you know there's it's not just always hands-on learning, you know, there's things you can be doing to better your education in that field so that when that opportunity arises, you have some information to help you move forward. Right. So that's where the idea of that apprenticeship section of the television show came from was to help people realize that 
you know, hey, I have limited knowledge on what we're doing right now. Like, say I'm working with a, somebody in textiles or, or clay or something like that. I have a very basic knowledge base of what they're doing, but I'm giving it a shot. I might fail. I probably will, but I'm going to learn from it. And there's no reason you can't do that too. Right. And that's really what that whole idea was that to help people bridge that gap and stop putting roadblocks in front of them. And you were talking about that either last episode or the episode before, right? Mm -hmm. Then it's like, so many people want to do things. They want to be a woodworker. They want to learn wood carving or whatever. And really the biggest obstacle is themselves because they yeah. put these, these roadblocks up like, oh, I can't yeah. do that. Or I, I don't know how mm -hmm. to do that. Or I don't have somebody to show me, you know? You know, pe people will do more to avoid pain than they will to gain pleasure. And so I, I think that people... That's a college education right there, brother. <laughs> I mean, people... <laughs> I, That's I, well I think said. People... People will will intentionally put roadblocks in front of themselves because they're afraid that they're going to fail at whatever it mm -hmm. is that they really want to do, and so they'll they'll maintain that roadblock. Oh, like well, I really want to do this, but I I can't get this. When really that's like that's such a small thing to get over. Oh, uh, you have to you, you have know? to you really have to have the passion and the drive to to want to succeed, to want to learn, to want to. You do, but you, you need to get to a point where you invite failure mm -hmm. and yeah. you understand the power of failure. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. 100%. You know, failure is yeah. such a fail, great fail forward. I mean, look yeah. at, look at Jason. He's just, he just fails every day, you know, but at the end You're of the day, wrong. <laughs> dude, I, I make mistakes constantly. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I, I, I don't even think twice about them. You know, I, nope. like, I learn from it, move forward, you know? Yep, putty and paint, make it what it ain't. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's who Eric is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. A long wind. No, that was awesome, man. But, um, what have you been up to, Ben? Yeah, I want to hear about this motorcycle. I've been up to a lot. So, I graduated on Sunday. That was really fun. Congrats. Thank you. That's Congratulations. You. And then on uh, Monday, I started my motorcycle trip. So I left probably around 10 or 11 o'clock Monday morning. And you just got here Wednesday? Yeah. We're not that far away, dude. No, it's I, I, <laughs> I got here an hour and a half ago. Was your bike 20 miles an hour? <laughs> <laughs> um Drove sixty percent of time charging. He's got to yeah. keep. He's got to keep rolling up the extension cord. It only goes so far. <laughs> I got to keep plugging into people's houses to, to keep going. Um, no, I, I headed northwest through West Virginia, a little bit of Maryland, uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and, wow. then, and then got into Michigan uh, this morning, and then drove all the way up to Detroit. Um, and it it pissed raining all day today. Yeah, today was a rough day, man. But let, let, let me let me back up because this this adventure has not been without its its challenges. So in West Virginia, there are no fast chargers in West Virginia. So my bike it has two different levels of charging. It's got level one and level three. Level one is like your regular household outlet, um, one ten, you know. Pretty slow. If, if I, when I charge on my house, if I'm at dead zero, that's like a 10 or 12 hour charge. 
but at a fast charging station, it's like less than an hour. Well, in West Virginia, there are no level three chargers. There's only level two, which is much slower, but my bike is not capable of charging at that rate. So if I hook up to a level two charger, I can only charge at a level one rate because that's the only chargers that I have on. I only have a level one charger and a level three charger. And so out of my entire trip, out of this entire 2000 mile uh, bike ride, I only have one level two charging stop and that was in West Virginia. So Monday morning I leave it again at like 10 or 11 because I had to drop the kids off and I had to do some other stuff around the house before I left. And so that meant that I got to my level two charger in West Virginia a little bit later than I anticipated. So it's like, okay, well that, that's fine. You know, I'll just charge up enough to get to my level three charger in Maryland. And I, I'm at this level two place and I'm like, okay, well, I've got a couple hours here. Um, I'm, I'm going to go find something to eat. So I, I go to an, a little nearby restaurant, grab something to eat. And then as I'm leaving, like this huge group of motorcycles comes in and it's a bunch of Canadians and they're, they're just now coming back from uh, the tail of the dragon in North Carolina. And so I, I spent some time and I'm, I'm talking with them and they're, they're telling me about, you know, cause they're, they're driving back up North to, to Canada. And so I was BSing with them for a little while and they're like, Hey, you know, come back. We, you know, cause I was telling them about the live wire and they're like, Oh, you know, we haven't seen one. You need to drive it over here. Um, when you're done charging so we can look at it. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm literally walking back right now to get the bike. And so I go back, get on my bike and I take my camera, one of my cameras and I set it on top of the charger because I'm like packing up some of my stuff. Oh. And so then I leave. I, I stop by the restaurant. I, you know, I talk to these guys again and I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'm, I'm taking off to Maryland. I got to get to this campsite before, you know, the sun goes down. And so when you charge an electric bike, you don't have to charge to 100%, you know. So earlier I said it takes a little bit less than an hour for me to go from zero to 100. Well, I don't charge to 100 every time. I just charge to the next charge point. So sometimes, you know, I'm only there for 10 minutes charging. Sometimes I'm only there for 20 minutes charging. So I'm not waiting the full hour every time. So like, you know, you guys were joking earlier, oh, you got to, you know, you're charging more than you're riding. I'm like, mm -hmm. I, no, it's not. I'm riding more than I'm charging. So... I ride through West Virginia and uh, right at the West Virginia and Maryland border there, there's this huge ridge line. Uh, it, it's probably a 3000 foot elevation gain. It's, it's massive compared to where I was before. And there, there's probably hundreds of windmills on this one ridge line. And so I get up to the very top and it starts to raining and it, it was, it was raining on and off that morning. And so, but it was all like really light, light rain. I didn't have to put my rain gear on. So I get to the very top of this, this ridge line and it's really windy. The rain's really starting to pick up. Well, this camera, I, I keep it in a, on a, a pouch on my belt. So that way, if, if anything interesting happens, I have it right there. I can start recording. And so I'm like, okay, well, I need to pull off, get my wet weather gear on. So I pull off, I'm like, oh, I need to make sure that I take my camera out of my hip pouch and put it in my, uh, in my tank bag. I go to reach for the camera and it's not there. I'm like, mother <laughs> Like as soon as that happened, I knew instantly what had happened. 
You knew where you left it. I knew exactly where I left it. Now, here's the kicker. When I was at that level two charging station, my the place that I was trying to get to was like 50 miles away. So I didn't have to charge that long, but I charged only enough to get me to the next place. Well, where I stopped on top of this ridgeline, all that elevation just burned through my battery. Mm. I was I was past halfway. And so that meant that whatever I had left in the in the tank was only going to be enough to get me like a little bit of the way back. Oh. So I knew that whenever I went back to get this camera, that I wasn't going to be able to make it to Maryland that night. It's like crap. And so where I was, I had no cell phone service. I couldn't call because it was at a hotel. That's where the charger was. I couldn't call the hotel yet to ask them to like go and and secure my camera for me. So I start going back and this like, it's like eight o'clock now, like the sun's starting to go down. Like how many miles had you traveled? Like between the, from the time I started or no, from where your camera was to where the um, the ridge line, like hundred miles, 200 miles. Oh no, 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 not, not even that far. 50 miles, 45 miles probably. Oh, okay. So that's not too bad. But, but again, I only, charge enough for 50 50 or 60 miles because my 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 campsite was right on the other side of this ridge line out like i was like almost there oh man when i figured out that i had left my my camera and like i just bought this camera maybe a month and a half ago i was like oh my god so i rode back down the mountain got a little i i my bike has regenerative braking so as i brake whether that's with the actual brakes or the engine braking it recharges the battery so I recouped a little bit of battery going down this this big mountain or this big ridge line, and um, finally get to like cell phone service. And I, I call the, the hotel. I'm like, "Hey, I left my camera on the charger. Can you please go see if it's there and then and then secure it for me?" And so they they did. So that was like a you know a relief for me. I ended up making it to this uh, back to the hotel. I had I don't know maybe one percent of my battery left. Wow. But, Getting there. Do we sweat a little or what? No, I mean, like I've, I've done it before. Like I, I know that even if I hit zero, I've got, I had, I still have a couple miles left. Um, so, so I, I wasn't sweating it too, but I was, I was more sweating like somebody stealing this camera that I just bought a month okay. and a half ago. Okay. But, um, so anyway, so I, I get the camera and, you know, now I'm at, at nothing, 0%. So I know that I can't make it to my, my plan can't stop. And so I, find somewhere off the road to, to charge the bike and I set up my tent and stuff and I go to sleep. And then I, I wake up the next morning, you know, and then I, I start riding. And so that was yesterday. And I didn't really hit any problems yesterday. Yesterday was, was pretty, actually it was really, really awesome uh, ride. I rode all through, through Maryland, all through Pennsylvania, really beautiful scenery. And, and like, I'm not taking the interstate anywhere. I'm only taking, the older, uh, older highway system. So lots of curves, lots nice. of up and downs, just like just beautiful motorcycle riding terrain. A lot of two lane. Yeah. A lot of two lane. Oh, that's a lot of two lane. That's like probably the best, the best way to ride. And like, you know, on these back country roads, like there's no one else there. It's just me, me in the road. And that's it. Dude. I hate rolling on a highway. Yeah. It's, it. it's, you know, the, the interstate looks the same anywhere you go. It does. It's boring. Plus it's like, nobody's paying attention. No, no, I don't like it. So Except for when you pop wheelies next to hot chicks. 
God. As long as you do that. <clears throat> That's what I used to do. Hell yeah, you did. I bet you did. And 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 then you take your visor up and they're like, no, put the visor back down. Yeah, no, 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 no. Just do your wheelie thing again and leave me. Oh so God. so last night, um, I make it to, I was like, okay, no matter what, I need to make it to Cleveland because because I had to I had to go back to West Virginia. My goal was to do 250 miles a day. As long as I did 250 miles a day, that gave me enough time to stop, to film, to if I saw something interesting, to like go check it out, explore a little bit. Like that was enough for me to just really enjoy the drive and not not be so focused on just getting someplace, which is what I see most motorcycle riders doing. Um, you know, like right now, there's a lot of people that are trying to set records for like the fastest uh, electric bike cross country. And, and they are. I mean, there was a guy that just did it two weeks ago. He, he did cross country in 70, 70 something hours. Um, Good Lord. Which is incredibly fast, especially on an electric motorcycle. Uh, and there's guys that are doing cannonball runs and, but no one is doing like proper touring on electric bike. Like they're all just, again, they're, they're just trying to set a record, which is great. I mean, that, that, you know, brings awareness to, you know, how capable electric motorcycles are, but again, no one is showing, Hey, here's how you tour on electric motorcycle. Like this is actually how fun it is touring. And so, so I, I kind of burned through, I hopped on the interstate a couple of times yesterday and that was just to kind of, to make up for lost time. And so I get to Cleveland last night, like right as the sun's going down and I start looking at like hotels and stuff and like, they're like all like 180 bucks, 190 bucks to remember. I'm like, I don't want to spend that much on a hotel. Like I have all my camping stuff with me. And so I'm like, I don't know, five miles away from, from Lake Erie. And so everywhere it's just like marshland up in Cleveland. There's no like dry ground anywhere. And so I'm like looking around and like, okay, where, where can I camp? Like, where can I set this tent up? And so I find, uh, there's like this health clinic by a sheets gas station that was being developed and they <clears throat> had brought a bunch of earth in, I guess, just to develop this property. And so there's like this big, huge ramp of dirt, like a mountain of dirt more or less. And they, you know, had it all smoothed out and stuff. And so I, I camped there last night. And as I'm getting ready this morning, I'm like packing all my stuff up because like there's like bulldozers all around and like, you know, construction <laughs> fencing and all this other stuff. I'm like, okay, I should definitely not be here whenever these people show up. And so I like just put my tent on my bike and that's like the only thing I had left. Now I'm just kind of like putting my rain gear on and, and uh, the foreman shows up to this construction site and he hops in a steamroller and he drives up this mountain of dirt and he like, he like stops like blocking my, my motorcycle. <clears throat> and he's like, can I help you? I was like, no, I mean, I just, I'm done packing. I'm good now. He's like, well, what are you doing here? I'm like, I camped here last night. He's like, oh, he just <laughs> gets in back stuff and goes like starts getting his crew ready for work or whatever. And then today, God, man, like, I mean, as soon as I woke up, I could see the dark clouds west, which is the direction I had to go. And I was like, man, it's going to piss me today. So I put on all my wet weather gear, put all my all my stuff in dry bags inside my my my. Uh, my soft bags on the sides of my bike, whatever. And it, it pissed all day long today, all day long. I froze my nuts off all day long today. <clears throat> um, made it, made it to uh, a charger at a Harley Davidson dealership on the South side of Detroit. Show up. The charger doesn't work. 
And um, at this point, I'm already talking to Eric. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, this is where I'm at. And um, we're, we're trying to figure out like, like, where am I going to stay or where are we can do the podcast and stuff. And, um, you know, then he tells me that it's his girlfriend opened up her house to me, which is, which is awesome, by the way. And she's like out of town and I just get to, you know, stay here and, and sleep in a comfy bed. And so obviously hugely appreciative of, of Sue for letting me do this. Yeah. It was real nice. Worked um, out well. Yeah. And so I, I, I drive to another dealer that has a charger show up, you know, with maybe 1% left. And again, I'm, I'm already used to doing that. Charger works fine. It's a huge, huge, probably the biggest Harley deal Davidson dealership that I've ever been to buy some gear that I needed, but because it rained so much today. So I have a USB port that's on my bike and that's how I charge my phone while I'm riding. And so I'm, I'm using navigation the entire day. So like my phone's like almost dead by the time I show up. Well, it rained so much that it, it, fries my usb port that's on my bike oh and i i didn't know this is that built in yeah yeah it's 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 built in and this is not the first time it's happened it, it's happened before it's it's probably one of the one of the the downfalls of the bike is that it's prone to this charging port it's it's prone to to shorting out whenever it rains and so eric sends me the, the address to come here like i have i mean i i have like uh, an external battery, but it's like buried deep in my bag. I'm soaking wet. Like I don't want to stop somewhere to pull out this extra battery, plug it up. Like it, it would have just been a hassle. And so when I leave this dealership, my phone is at 3% and it's like a 30 minute ride to get here. So I'm like trying to memorize the address in case my phone dies. <laughs> I'm trying to memorize the, the, the garage code in case my phone dies to get here. And so like, I'm like constantly turning my, my screen off, um, while the GPS is going, trying to get me here. Cause like every time it tells me where to turn, like it turns the screen back and I'm like, no, turn off, turn off, turn off. And so I, I get here and as soon as I pull in the garage, my phone dies. <laughs> and so I'm like, Oh, oh my wow. God, man. Wow. Oh, gee. They not, oh, you didn't know while you were at the Harley, uh, Harley dealership. No, I fried. No, I, I had no idea. And because again, my, my bike was outside charging. I didn't want to like open up my bag with all my electronics in it to pull my charger out. Um, I was like, I, I just want to charge it and so that I can get to this house so that I can get out of the weather. Hey, do they charge you when you go to the HD dealership? Do they charge you to, to charge up your bike? No, when 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 I bought my my Livewire, I got two two years free of charging at dealerships and then um, Electrify America also did a deal with them where you get uh, 500 kilowatts of free charging. So I've I've done this entire trip. I've done 780 miles so far, and I have not paid for for juice at all. The yeah. only the only thing I've paid for so far is just like a coffee, and that's pretty much it. Have you uh, have you run out? Been stranded? No, I've never been stranded. No, no. So I mean, like the thing with electric bikes is is like anywhere there's an outlet that that's fuel. Sure. Yeah. You know? And so even if, even if there were no fast chargers around me, as long as I could find an outlet for one time, you could just plug I, it. I, I could just wait I could, it out. I, yeah. I could wait it out. I could, I could wait long enough charged up to enough range to get me to a proper charging station. Is that charge ratio consistent 
or do, is it on a on a like a bell curve? No, no. You understand what I'm asking? Yeah, you? yeah. So, so for my bike, it is it is kind of a bell curve, and the bike does that to to protect itself. So, if I charge it a one ten outlet, it's the same no matter what. I know exactly how many miles I get per hour that I'm charging. Okay. And the same thing for a level two. Um, but like if I so the bike will regulate itself based on the percentage of charge that it's at. So that way it doesn't, it, it, this is all to maximize the lifespan of the battery. So if I show up um, at 50% battery, it's going to charge at the same stepped rate. Um, so like if I show up at 50, it doesn't mean that it's going to take me 30 minutes to get to full. Like it's, it's going to take the same amount of time. I get you. Yeah. But the, the bike charges the fastest between 20 and 80%. It does. Yes. It from, to go from 20% to 80% is about 20 minutes. Really? Yeah. I'm not on a 110 though. No, 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 no. Only, only at a fast charging station. Do you find it? I don't know. Like for me, it's, it's, that's a lot of. I'd have a hard time with it. It's a lot. That's a lot of it's, planning. Dude. It, it, there, there is more planning, but the thing is like, um, electrify America. They, I want to say it was in January. They, they said that this year alone, they're installing 1800 more chargers across the country. Right now, Tesla is testing out opening up their chargers to, to like everyone else. Right. Right. So that's only going to grow the charging network by three, three times, you know, whenever right. that happens. And so like right now, yeah, there is a lot of planning, but like, this is only temporary. And in five years, you'll never have to worry about planning ever again, because there will be level three chargers or fast chargers or whatever, whatever the new wave of charging type, they're going to be everywhere. Yeah. They're going to be everywhere. Did, did you, uh, have you owned a carbureted bike or a fueling? No, only electrics. So you went in it with the intent of buying an electric yeah, bike? Yeah, the, the only gas uh, bike experience I had was was in the military, and that's it. Uh -oh. We had dirt bikes, and that was it. Huh. That's cool. He has an electric I, car as well. No, I don't. It's, a, pretty, it's a hybrid. Huh. I thought it was fully electric. No, no, no. It's, it's a hybrid. Oh. You got a Prius? Mm-hmm. Are you surprised? You got a chick car, huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's a chick car, but guess what? It's cheap on gas, and that's all yeah. about it. Oh, speaking, yeah, cheap on gas. I filled Nicole's Jeep oh. Grand Cherokee up today. Get this. It was like 40 miles from being empty. I put $100 in it, mm. and the pump stopped because yep. it was like capped at $100. I couldn't go any higher than that. Yeah, and it was like a quarter of a tank away from being full. So hundred dollars. I went to I had a, so Jen and I we drove to Louisiana two weekends ago for my twenty year high school reunion, and we took my car. I think I spent that's that is a thousand miles or just over a thousand miles. Um, I spent one hundred twenty bucks on gas, the like down and back. Wow. So Isn't like that Prius? Yeah. So people can make fun of a Prius, but right now, like Oh, it's perfect, yeah. Like gas, like people are complaining about, you know, gas prices up, like I fill up once a week or once a month, you know. So it's like mm. 
yeah, make fun of me all you want, but I'm not spending a crap ton of money on gas money. I mean, right now, I like the amount of money because I mean, I drive, you know, an hour and a half back and forth to work every day until until August. So I'm filling up at least once a week, um, sometimes twice if I drive the truck a lot on the weekends, which doesn't happen very often. But you're talking eighty to a hundred dollars every time. It's like I'm paying a whole other car payment that was completely unexpected. Yeah, it is insane. So when's it going to break? What's going to happen, man? Inflation's going up, gas prices going up. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Everybody's but I, waiting I'm, for the next shooter drop. It's kind of a drag. I'm I'm looking more and more. Like Ford just announced their new Ford F one fifty, all electric. The Ford F one fifty Lightning electric. Yeah. God. And I'm just like, man, that's I was telling Patrick and Michelle this while they were here. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything like that, but maybe a little. No one on this side, bro. No, there's not. Yeah, yes and no, I guess. I mean, I'm open to to you know thinking about all different possibilities, but I'm like part of me is like, do you do you think it's knock it down? No, he might. Do you think it's interesting at all how like all of these companies right now are like this massive push to create these electric vehicles and the gas prices are like soaring through the roof? Yeah, I've thought about it. You know, it's almost like creating a perfect storm for people to purchase these electric vehicles. The perfect storm. Perfect storm. That's a great movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's on your side of town, so you got to say it. Oh yeah, it's from it's out of Gloucester. Perfect storm. <laughs> no, you're not saying it right. I totally perfect, not. Perfect storm. It's out of Gloucester. No, you got to say it right. You know the, the thing was with with he's like not saying it right. With like he's not. He's handballing. <laughs> the thing about you know the the problem with everyone trying to jump on this this electric vehicle train is that you know that's going to put strain on an already strained electric component shortage um or the grid yeah well so so with the grid um the pe- people are confident that, that the grid is not going to be hit as hard as, as people think that it will um i mean there there are more people now that that have already installed solar um in their homes <laughs> i want buddy to Knock my computer off, but um, uh, I I think they're going to be fine. But but I think that with everyone trying to jump on this, all these companies, I think some of it is is PR. Um, but I don't think that a lot of these big vehicle companies can sustain it. Um, well, they're all chasing Tesla. I mean, yeah, yeah, but like, um, they all see. Oh, there's all this money to be made. You know, I want to say it's not Toyota. Maybe it's Chevy. Anyways, but w- one of these car companies they they just announced that they're they're bringing electric vehicle to market a few months ago, uh, or maybe six months ago, and then last week they announced like a new lineup of vehicles, and they're all combustion. And so I, I think some companies are probably like testing the waters to see like what's going to happen, but I, I don't think that as many companies are as, are as fully on board as most probably think i think they're just trying to test the market to see um 
if it's viable or not. But yeah. right now it's, it's, it's not, it's not anywhere being cheap enough for mass market. Not at all. I mean, I think the cheapest Tesla you can get is like $43,000 if I remember correctly, you know, and I, I think that it, it needs to come I down. Mean, comparable to a lot of other cars nowadays, it doesn't seem like it's a no, crazy that's, price. That's yeah. inexpensive. Yeah. $43,000 is very inexpensive compared to any decent car nowadays. It's crazy. I, I look at tags like the expeditions I've been driving. Those are $75,000. Yeah, it's nuts. Really? Oh, my God, yes. My, my, my last Tundra was over 43000 my uh, Atlas that I'm driving now, I think, was forty-seven thousand, forty-eight. Yeah, yeah, I might be going to an EV. Uh, my next Atlas might be an EV. I'm not sure. They're testing them right now. Um, some of the sales guys up in Canada. So you never know. I might. Ha- I might have to uh, uh, start plugging into and taking five, six hours. So I'm going to always. I'm always going to take a break on the road when I'm working and just bring in a long extension cord, like a 18 gauge and plug into one of those series ones. So I can take a nap and stuff and just chill out. I'm on the, I'm on the clock. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> but overall the, the, the motorcycle trip, it's, it's been going great. Um, I've been shooting a lot of footage and, uh, I don't think I'll have time to edit it while I'm on the trip, but once I get back, I'll. Uh, so what's what's in store for the rest of your trip? So what's that look like? So tomorrow, um, I, I still need to look at how, how far away is Chicago from here. Chicago is five hours in a car. Yeah. Um. So I'm heading to Chicago tomorrow. Jen's flying in in the afternoon. Um. Friday, we're going to go up to the uh, Harley Davidson Museum, which is one of the biggest reasons what what drew me all the way up here was to go to the Harley Davidson Museum. That's a good time. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so we're going to spend all day Friday doing that, um, and then Saturday, Sunday, we, we've got other stuff planned, just sightseeing stuff that that we both wanted to go check out. And then she leaves Monday, um, I think around midday, and then I'm heading down to Indy. To stay at Jason's, um, and then from India, I'll be going to Nashville, spend uh, spend the night with my brother, and then that'll be. I think that's Wednesday is when I hit Nashville. Maybe Tuesday. Nashville, uh, Tennessee. Yeah. Is that how far was Nashville from you guys? I think it's like five hours. Yeah. So I think that's all day Tuesday. So Tuesday night, I'll be in Nashville. And then start heading back up to Virginia. That's a two-day trip. Yeah, two you know it would have been cool if we could have done the podcast, the Green Suiters podcast, with you in the tent on top of that big berm. <laughs> Catch I've, I've, that guy coming at you <laughs> trying to roll your ass with a steamroll. That would have been bad. I wish I wish I hadn't put my cameras away when that guy showed up. I mean, he could have walked. It was like a 20-foot rant, but he decided to, to drive a steamroll up there like he's wow. going to do something. Hey, oh Ben, what, what day did you say – you said Monday, right? Yes, Monday. Because uh, you guys are what only three hours from Chicago. Mm. Yeah, not even is it? Mm. Just well, under. Well, depends on where you're staying in Chicago. The way I always tell everybody, 
It's uh, from Indianapolis to Chicago. It's about two and a half hours. And then when you get to the city limit, anything inside Chicago is two and a half hours as well because yeah. <laughs> of the traffic. So I'm looking. I thought I, I'm just I was booking. Uh, I'm going to be up there in June uh, 7th and 8th. Yeah. And uh, I'm staying at a Hilton up there. And normally it would have been Jeez. two and a half hours. But today when I was looking at maps it said uh three and a half because of traffic it's crazy there ben do you do you know what time roughly you're going to be here on monday I'll, I'll let you know i have to look at my my planning uh later tonight i'll let you know it, it'll be towards the evening i just want to make sure that i have the grass cut in a, at least one spot for your tent <laughs> 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 yeah, I didn't know you had camping gear, dude. You could have just stayed at the back of my property. <laughs> yeah. Where the fleas came from. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, now they're back there. I'll, uh, I do have power. <laughs> our backyard is much bigger. It's much more quiet. There's a couple trees back there. It's You can stay right off the, the, the deck. Do you have an extension cord? I don't think it'll run from Chicago to Indy, though. No. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you could just stay in your driveway, Jay. Yeah. Set the yeah. tent up in your drive. You got you know, an HOA. You'll be fine. You know what I should do? Is a I really should, a really I, relaxed HOA? So I should I get a nice incline. I should yeah. buy a motorcycle trailer and put a generator on the back of it. There you go. A gas. Oh. You know, it's yep. still electric, guys. Yep. I can uh, hopefully I'll get enough done this weekend. You can always camp out in the garage. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean my my hotel rates every night are pretty expensive. So yeah, take your pick. You do have to pay a a, a lot fee though just for camping on my property. Also, oh, okay. just so you know. What are the rates? Um, I have a completely unrelated question. Ooh. Has anybody ever been to Cape Cod? Yes. So. I am going to go do one last hoorah for the army. Nice. What are you doing in Cape Cod? Well, I mean, we partner with national guard units and there's a, there's a national guard unit, um, that they're getting ready for this big training exercise. That one that's in July. Where is it on Cape Cod P town? Uh, no, it's camp Edwards. I think is the name of the camp. None of you guys get that. No. Okay, good. So you've been to Cape Cod. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so it is. <laughs> Mike Lydon is laughing right now. I know you yeah. are, Michael. Probably. I wonder how far away he is from there. But, anyways, <laughs> long story short, um, the unit had planned on doing one type of training. That changed. Their focus has shifted to uh, they need to get guys qualified on the M249 machine gun with the new standards. They're having a big, big hard time with it. And so my buddy, the guy who actually replaced me in my team NCO position, uh, they're trying to get a couple people down there and he wants, you know, a couple 11 Bravos to go. And so he was basically told like, pick your team. And so I went to him, I was like, Hey man, those are S one guys, right? 11 Bravo. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Hey man, I was like, uh, I might want to go with you on that trip. And he was like, really? And I'm like, yeah, it's not, there's a whole nother side of the story, but I was like, dude, this might be my last chance to go do something like this. And I'm, I'm all, I'm down for going and hanging out at a machine gun range for three or four days teaching, you know, Joe, how to, how to qualify. Right. Yeah. So it's like me, him, 
and potentially one other guy that's going and that's what we're going down there to do. And I was like, like, that's it. This is my last. When, when, uh, it's like the, it's like the eighth to the 13th of June. It's like a Wednesday through Monday. Good. Good good time of year. Yeah. We'd basically like leave on Wednesday. We'd be training with these guys Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Mm -hmm. Sunday morning, maybe. And then we probably head back on Monday or maybe even Sunday evening, but you know, he's a good buddy of mine. So I want to, I want to help him out. Um, and we've got tons of other stuff going on at the same time. So everyone's kind of tapped out. And so I just, I was like, dude, if you need me, I'll go. So this is it. Just to run the ammo point. Yeah. This is the last, I I could run the crap out of an ammo point. (laughs) I am. That is one thing I am good at. But I was just curious. I've never been, I've never been there before. So, hey, would you guys do that dumbest? Yo, we put him on ammo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you guy. Want, no, you, you know, as a ex- drill sergeant, man, you yeah. want to experience the wonderful traffic on Cape Cod that <gasps> time of year because you'll be on the range, right? Uh, bless you. <gasps> Thank you. Um, yeah, for most of the time, I guess the ho- it's like I, Camp Edwards is like. Super close to the water, apparently. Oh, I've never been there. I would have never thought in a million years we'd be going anywhere like that. I, I guess it's like super close to Martha's Vineyard. I was asking Nicole, I'm like, is that a well, thing? Well, that's that's Woods Hole. Martha's Vineyard is the island, and uh, the ferry takes off at Woods yeah. Hole. Yeah. Yeah, but he was like, yeah, the hotel's like super close to the water. Mm-hmm. He's like, we'll have Wednesday evening, likely, and you know, if they get done Sunday and we and we're there till Monday, go hang out Sunday afternoon. I was like, dude. I'm all for it, man. One more time hanging out at the range all day. So that's it. Hey, I mean, there's a part of me. Do you guys know why the ammo guy's crying over there? Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly though, there, there's, there's a part of me that like, I was talking to Nicole about it. I was like, Hey, I may need to uh, go on this last, on this one trip. And she's like, why do you even want, do you even want to go? And I'm like, well, no, I don't want to go, but you know, I'm still in the army. Mm-hmm. Uh, my job is to do this. This is a scenario in which I'm needed, right? And like th- this is probably it for me. You know, this will be the last time that I am around soldiers and training them and teaching them. That's it. After this, it's done. Because July, they're all going to that XCTC up at Fort Drum, this big training exercise. This is the same unit. Um, can you guys still hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, what is going on with my headphones right now? There we go. And I'm not going on that trip. Hold on. (laughs) I don't know what I did, but my headphones are like connecting to my music and all kinds of stuff. Um, so I was like, I'll do it, but I'm not going on that trip. And he is. And this guy, Perminus, is actually retiring a month before me. Um, and so I was like, dude, you know, you're going on this. You need my help. Like, I'll go. You know, because like he, he kind of helped me out on that because technically speaking, he didn't really have to go on that trip because of our policy for like the retirement stuff. And my sergeant major asked him, he was like, hey, do you think you can go? And he told me, he's like, you might need to go on that trip. And I obviously the concern with that was it's like the whole entire month of July and Nicole's due the first week of August. Um, but he has permission 
the guy that I'm going with, he was like, absolutely, of course I'll go. So there's a lot of different reasons why, but I'm kind of excited about it. I'll probably go there and be like, God, why did I volunteer for this? I could be at home right now in my shop, you know, doing whatever, building stuff or getting it set up because it probably won't even be set up by then. Is there something? Yeah. Is there something you're looking at? No, I just thought it might be fun to talk about tools or something <laughs> on, a, on a podcast about woodworking and tools. Oh, no. I mean, people, people appreciate when we kind of go off topic or talk about whatever. So, what do you want to talk about, Mr. Eric? Oh no, I was just asking if we could talk about tools or something. <laughs> yeah, what do you want? What do you want to know? What do you want? To, what, do you want to, what do you want to talk about? We could talk about. Anything. You want to? Do you want to talk about my Lamello that is still in a sustainer and I haven't even opened it up and I've owned it since January? Dude, you haven't used it yet? No. I think you need to send it up here so I can use it a little bit for you. Just make uh, you know what? I can't find it right now. It's really messy in here. Oh my god! I think, I think we can find it together if we just look yeah. around. Chat. Yeah, come on down. <laughs> no, just walk around with your camera. Yeah. No, I'll use it soon-ish, maybe, kinda. Dude, I didn't. I didn't realize it with the mellow that maybe maybe Keith from uh, KJ Sawdust maybe has like a different attachment to it, but he was doing. Uh, like acute angles with it, like he had he had a, he was doing a a mitered uh, corner on something, and it looked like that that the fence goes more than just ninety. Like if if the, you know if the lamellal is held flat, looks like that the fence goes even like more than just ninety degrees. I don't know if I just saw the story weird or is how, what are the what's the range of the fence on that. You know, I, I think the fence, I mean, Ben, I haven't even opened it up yet. Um, the fence still operates the same. If he was doing it on miter corners, he was just using the connectors on a 45 and just setting his plate. It wouldn't go down below this. Yeah. Direction. yeah. yeah. Well, maybe, it was yeah. maybe just his uh, witchcraft voodoo magic <laughs> that he does with his camera. I mean, he'd be the one to answer it. He, he's a freaking dealer for for them. Yeah, the and that, only that sort of looks like a, a a biscuit cutter, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, essentially, it is. There's it is. There's, one, there's one more cutting step as, as it plunges. So when it plunges through, it it cuts just like a, a biscuit, mm -hmm. and then right at the last minute, it it dips down. And, oh, and it gives it like a little lip on the on the inside of that curve, and that's where you can like slide those biscuits in. That's what makes it lock things together. I got you. I got you. You can use it as a regular biscuit joiner. Like yeah. I bought, I bought the blade for the regular biscuits. Um, and, uh, when I bought it, I think I want to say I got like a whole box full of biscuits for free. Um, Lamello, Lamello invented the biscuit joiner. Really? Oh, they were the, they're the ones who invented it. It was called the plate joiner. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yep. Huh. And then everybody, then when the patent came there out, there you go, Eric. That's why you came on. You just learned something. Everybody, everybody, uh, and when the patent went up, everybody copied. When when was that, Sedge? Oh, God, I can't. I think well, it was in the, Abraham were using it together. I think I think it was in the eighties, seventies. Yeah, late seventies, early eighties. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Jesus, always yeah. me. Did you guys shot. use biscuits on the on the ark? Yes, we did. Uh, yeah, Noah's wife cooked them every morning. Yeah, 
Do you have the, the Wright brothers too? Did yeah. Wash, did yeah. Washington use an HK or a TS-75 when he cut down the cherry tree? <laughs> hey, I've got an interesting story, and Sedge can attest to this about the Wright brothers. No one gives a shit, Jason. <laughs> yeah, Hartzell, Hartzell Hardwoods. Yes. So Hartzell uh, like worked with the Wright brothers and developed walnut props for really? the planes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoa. They were... They were originally a prop company. Yeah. Oh. They, they still are. They still do make. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, when Sedge and I went and delivered that to uh, one of the Hartzell family members of the table, mm-hmm. um, she had already told me when, when I had met her the first time, she kind of gave me the backstory, but she was explaining everything to Sedge. And they have an old Hartzell prop from like what the 1800s or something like yeah, that something hanging like above that. Their, yeah. their, their patio door. They're super rare, super rare to find. Um, and she was explaining like how you can look at the, the numbers, uh, the serial numbers or whatever numbers are on them and the stamps and all this stuff and get an idea of like what time period they were. But yeah, Hartzell Hardwoods is the, uh, like they were creating props, wooden props for the Wright brothers back then. Cool, man. That's such a cool process too. how wooden props are made. Yeah. You know, there's still companies out there making them and it's just super, super cool. Really you good. should do that for a Craftsman's Legacy. It's a great idea. Mm-hmm. On, as an episode, that would be really interesting. Yeah. I would assume that a lot of stuff now, like any companies that are like mass producing these things are probably using like a CNC and a, a spindle and it's like just kind of turning and it's going and... Kind of how the Lugia sluggers are made. There's, like, uh, they're, they're made within like 15 seconds or something like that. There's uh, definitely... A couple companies out there hand making props still. Yeah, because you should do that. You should yeah, totally do that. You've looked into it. Have you Have you thought about interviewing Jason and asking him about the craft of being a bitch? Uh, we talked about it briefly. <laughs> My God, uh, in Providence, pretty pretty much. I just like complain about everything all day long, and you know, I just don't ever get anything accomplished. And... <laughs> I'm retiring. Wow. I am retiring, Gary, if you're <laughs> listening. Retiring, retiring. No, I've been, um, so I've been doing a ton of like DIY stuff at the house. I've got uh, my daughter turns 18 tomorrow, actually. So oh, wow. she's graduating. She already graduated high school. And uh, so we've got, you know, all kinds of stuff going on this summer. And I've been trying to get the, the house ready for that and and uh the property and stuff ready for that and it's just been crazy so yesterday this is a this is a fun story about tools so um i bought a pressure washer probably like 15 years ago say gas pressure washer mm-hmm. you know not not an electric one yeah and not a wimpy uh, one <laughs> you know I, ha- I haven't started it up in a, in, in a while and I went to fire it. It wouldn't fire up. And I was like, you know, I don't really feel like dealing with it. And Sue's, uh, my girlfriend, she says, you know, I've got uh, a fresh washer you can use because I, I needed it um, a couple weeks ago to open the pond up. Mm-hmm. Right. So she brings it over. It's you'd like it. So <laughs> bud. Bad guys. Come here, bud. It's electric. You'd, you'd really like it. So plug it in. <laughs> it works great. <laughs> and. You can pressure wash while you're riding your Harley. Yeah, well, 
it's a I chick. Think, it's a chick uh, pressure washer, right? I think you could charge the Harley from the the live wire. I should say from the pressure washer, or you could charge a pressure washer from the live wire. One of the two. But so, anyways, <laughs> I used it for the pond. You can't. It's the voltage is totally different. You can't do that. No, it's one ten. It's one ten, and <laughs> it worked great on the pond. So then I was like, well, I got to clean the siding on the house. So I started using it on the siding, and I replaced the back of the house. Just a couple weeks ago, I put new siding up because I put a couple windows in and it worked great. And I had one area left of the siding to do, right? Mm -hmm. This was Sunday or Saturday, maybe. So I plug the pressure washer in. Um, I fire it up and and water just starts. It, it was just everywhere, man. It like blew a seal out or yeah. the tank reservoir blew out something in that little Briggs popped right and water's just pissing everywhere i'm like ah, this is cooked so i unplug that push it aside i go drag my gas powered one out of the tool shed take the carb off it clean it out i get that thing fired up and running and and then it starts giving me a hard time stalling out and all this other bs so i went out and bought a new one yesterday a husky uh now i've finished pressure washing the house and now I'm pressure washing the deck so that I can yeah. finish the deck. Right. So I get that all cooked up, but my deck is pretty old and it's a wooden deck and I've been in this place for, I think this is three years mm -hmm. maybe. So I've got to replace a couple boards on that and I'm going to have to bust out the Rotex tomorrow. Oh yeah. I'm hopeful. And, and, uh, straighten it out a little bit but yeah so i've got like three pressure washers at the house right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just rip rip the whole deck apart and just rebuild it from scratch yeah I have to do that's that probably better than refinishing i wish i had the time man believe me i look at it all the time and i'm like man i i would sort of do this differently i'd sort of do this differently and i'd like to rebuild it but i don't have time right now i got too much going on mm. but I've been doing a lot of reading on the, cause I, it, the guy that had the house before me, I think he painted it. Well, I know he painted it and I think he just used like, um, exterior paint, which doesn't good on oh, horizontal deck? surfaces. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't hold up at all, you know? Nope. And, uh, it's just a mess though. It's true. It's a mess, but I think I'm just going to go stain over it with a bear. So you're going to strip it all down? Uh, I'm going to, I've stripped off everything that's pretty flaky, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. I'm going to sand down. Um, how, how big is the deck? That's, it's pretty good size. It's two different levels. The whole back of the house, it's pretty good size. But I think what I'm going to do is use a, uh, uh, the bare stain that's like solid. It's opaque. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know? And whatever variation of color I get, I'm just going to call it art. Yeah. You know? Rustic. Call it rustic. Yeah. I call it yeah. rustic. Yeah. It's a farmhouse deck. I was thinking about using that, some of that deck over material, but I, I don't know, man. It's like a membrane, you know? And yeah. I don't know. Have you guys ever used any of that? God, if you were going to sand it, I would almost think of like, I wonder if like a floor stripper with a really <laughs> abrasive pad would be the better way to go. 
yeah, but I'm not going to sand the whole thing, dude. If I was doing just the like just the decking itself, and I was going to sand the whole thing, I would totally use a floor sander for that. But really, all I'm going to concentrate on are the handrails. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple boards that I need to pop and replace, so I don't think you know taking a floor sander to it would be worth it. I mean, when it, when it comes to sanding. It's, I mean, and again, depending on how much sanding you have to do, it's almost, I mean, it's not going to be cheaper, but it's going to be more time saving to just, if you're doing like the handrails, to just rebuild the handrails and then paint it whatever color you want versus sanding it, scraping it, repainting it, refinishing it. Like it's going to take more time and effort than if you were just to replace the entire railings. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because like, you know, with with railings and stuff you could always spec it out and have someone build it for you and then you can install it yourself no the, the railings the rails are good right mm-hmm. it's literally just the top cap mm-hmm. right so literally just the the top cap of the handrails yeah. that you know it's just old pressure treated wood yeah and power washer chewed up some of it yeah. in the corners and stuff and it's you know but this guy was like went crazy with the screws and then top capped every single screw with caulking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Is that what you're supposed to do? use caulking on everything. I guess a Just lot of people do that. Pocket screws. I think everything. it's popular. Uh, pocket, pocket screws and caulking. I domino Fine. all my boards on my decks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would domino the hell out of them. <laughs> uh, speaking of the domino, you know what I used on my sink install? Dominoes. How? How? Interesting story. So, on, you know, under the sink, they have those clips. Yeah. Yep. That will uh, grab the underside, right? Mm-hmm. The sink that we got's a German sink. The uh, company's called Kraus, I think. Kraus. Um, Kraus. Um, but the clips that they used were really poorly thought out like the they the the screws threaded into this plastic piece so they stripped almost immediately as soon as there was any pressure applied which then after the fact we were like well reality of it is doesn't need to be super tight just needs to hold it in place and stop it from shifting sure um so but the problem was is that even with these things screwed up all the way it didn't take up that gap because the the top the thickness of the top was we were off by like an eighth of an inch, like with these things all the way up, it was just, they were just floating there. So we're like, Oh, we're going to cut these strips and all that stuff. And then Patrick was like, what about a domino? And so we marked out the locations where these clips were. We took the sink back out, marked the locations where the clips were. And then I took um, eight millimeter thick dominoes, some CA glue and put them in each one of those locations. And, you know, they were 50 millimeter long dominoes. Mm -hmm. So we had a little bit of room to play with both sides work perfectly so we actually used dominoes as spacers for these clips to work oh shim stock right yeah yeah and it was Hmm. way easier than me trying to like hook up tools that aren't even hooked up yet and cut stuff out and but yeah patrick actually had a good idea wow it's really strange yeah i know it makes me sick saying it you didn't get the sink attachment for your lamello no (laughs) I'm sort of surprised, Jason. I probably have it. I just wouldn't know because I haven't opened up the system. I'm sure you ordered it and it's just in the box. Yeah. Back ordered. Yeah. 
<laughs> you probably yeah. have it. I probably got it. I mean, I've, I've like three sustainers from them. I don't know what's in any of them. <laughs> that's the that's the kind of screw you YouTube money I make. I just make it rain Lamar sustainers. Hey Jason, I was trying to I was trying to go to the bathroom and get more toilet paper, but there's just thousand dollar bills. Yeah, yeah, those are the those are the uh, ass wiping ones that I have yeah, in there. That's that's just leftover from my millions. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks, patrons. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Patreon. He's got a silver plaque up there. <laughs> Speaking of that, where is my silver plaque? I need where it behind me right now. Plaque. I don't know. It's somewhere. I think that's awesome, dude. I'm happy for you. I'll be happy when it's all done. When your place is all done. Yep. Oh, that'll never happen. Dude, I love building out the shop. That's that's super fun to me. You know, even when we we've mo moved the motorcycle company, mm, I think three times, and it's about probably a four week process when we move it because we've got about a week of actually moving equipment. We've got probably two days with riggers and then, you know, hookups and organizing and setting things up. So we're, it's such a pain in the ass, but it's actually a fun time. You know, I, I sort of like it. I like setting up new shops and building out shops. And I do too. If I can come out here for an extended period of time and just focus on that. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that really kills it for me is honestly feeling like I have to record everything and create content yeah. because I was thinking about it. It's like, should I make a video on me walling in the garage door? Because that's always been a popular topic, like people doing that. And then I'm like, well, if I do that, it's going to take me much longer. Twice as long. And, but at the same time, it's like, that would probably be, you know, be a video that people would find helpful. So why wouldn't I do that? And there would also be a video where everyone's like, "Yo, you're framing that all wrong." Like it's good. It's like, dude, it's connected to a fucking wall. It's not. It's only here to block yeah, this yeah, door. One of the woodworks. Oh yeah. I think you, that's an interesting thing, though. You know, like it, that's something I I think about all the time. I probably. I bet you I don't film 90% of the stuff I do. Don't take pictures of it. Don't shoot any video of it. Don't do anything. Um, and it's because honestly, like, I really enjoy the ability and what I'm doing. And I don't want to, I don't want to take away from that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I, I really love doing that. And, and when you shoot stuff, it's like, if I don't have a camera guy with me, then I got to move stuff around. I don't even know how to use half the equipment we own. You know, I don't know how to, I'm on the phone with them half the mm -hmm. time. How, what does this do? How do I do this? Yeah. Why is this doing this? Yeah. You know, and it's sort of a pain in the ass. I, I think that you have to, you have to really prioritize, like in those instances, like if you know what, you know, everything that you're doing that day, as far as, you know, doing stuff in the shop or you're making something, I think you have to really kind of look at it and say, and deliberately say, okay, this is what I'm going to spend time documenting because this will help other people. 
but that is, that's the only thing that I'm going to do. And that's it. You know, this one small little thing. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, and then that's a good idea because like, really like let's, you know, because if we try to think of how can I create content about everything that I'm doing, you would literally never get anything done. Exactly. Because of that, like, like for, for my motorcycle trip, like I have to, I have to sit here and think, okay, what am I doing today? What's, what is one thing that I find interesting that I want to share with other people? That is the only thing that I'm going to record. Now I may record other, other things because it's really easy for me to do it. But as far as like being deliberate about what I'm going to shoot, I, I plan that out. I shoot it and then I get it out of the way because if I, if I took the same approach with this entire trip, I would be recording everything. Yeah. You know, um, I'm trying to remember, I think it was, uh, Werner Herzog said that, you know, someone had asked him, like, how do you, how do you balance making your documentaries and, and getting the footage that you want? Do you just record everything? And he said, I'm a filmmaker, not a garbage collector. Oh, that's nice. You know? And so that's well said. He, he says that they, they plan the shots and then like, whatever the shot is like, like, that's it. That's the shot. Like they don't go back. They don't reshoot anything. They don't reset anything. Like it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think that because we, all of us, we all make content to varying degrees that we, we have an obsession with what we perceive perfection to be. And sometimes that gets in the way of, of us, A, enjoying the craft that we're doing and then B, telling the story that's going behind it or, you know, making the instruction or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish with, the content that you make. And, um, I, I think that you can, you can stretch yourself out into a, an ulcer trying to document everything. Yes. Just pick one interesting thing mm-hmm. for, for that day and say, okay, that's what I'm going to share. Everything else is for me. I think too, like one of the things that hangs me up a lot is what, like you say, share one interesting thing right yeah it's stuff i do all the time well, to me it's yeah, not yeah. interesting yeah anymore. no because it's regular like like with me like electric motorcycles every single person that every single time i stop to charge someone comes and asks me questions sure every, and like that's not an exaggeration every single time yeah i bet because they're like oh electric bikes i didn't know that holy shit that's a harley davidson like Every time I had the same, like I was on the phone with Jennifer yesterday in um, in Canton, Ohio, and some some guy came up and was talking to me, and you know she just kind of kept quiet or whatever. She's like, "You sounded really bored talking to that guy." I'm like, <laughs> it's the time that I've had to you say the exact same thing, answer that same question, yeah. And so it's you know it, it is really hard to to like separate what other people would find interesting versus what I find it because like I, I'm going on on two years having electric motorcycles. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not this new thing for me anymore. It's like, this is like every day. You were frontline then with your, with your live wear. Yeah. Yeah, you were. And so it's, it, it is In the hard. trenches. Yeah, he was. But you know, it's like all content is subjective. Like none of it is like going to be tried and true. It's going to happen. Like you could make a video for one purpose. Someone's going to take it completely different. So like, it's all up to interpretation. What's interesting, what isn't, you know, like you could find something really interesting, but to someone else, they'd be like, well, this is the most boring thing ever. You know, that's good. I, I, I don't, I get twisted up with it really yeah. a lot. I, I, it's, it's certainly challenging. 
And a lot of times I'm like, oh, I'm going to shoot some video on that. And then I start getting into it and totally forget to do yeah. it. That happens yep. all the time. Too. So yesterday I did a, a little thing on Instagram putting a patina on a motorcycle frame. So we've got a bike in the shop that is in what we call finishing, where all the sheet metal's out for paint. Your, you know, your frame, all the chrome is out, all the polishing, everything's out at what we call final finishing. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back from there and goes into final assembly. Okay. So um, what we've done in the past uh, on a couple frames, I've done a patina on the frame itself. And then that needs to be protected. So we do a clear powder coat mm-hmm. on that metal. Uh, so it doesn't rust. So it'll capture that look, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm working with a water-based uh, patina agent, and I've used it for a, a number of years now. So I'm really uh, familiar with it. Familiar with it, and I know when to arrest it. I know mm-hmm. this different stages it'll go through to get the look I want, mm-hmm. right? So this particular frame, so yesterday I shot a video of putting a patina on it. Well, what I didn't mention in the video is this is the fourth time I'm doing that patina. Yeah, so people think that you're going to get that that look on the first one, yeah. Because, it, you know, it is mm-hmm. such a, it's such a volatile yeah. uh experience right mm-hmm. like there's so many variations involved there's degassing of the of the agent yeah and there's contaminants that happen so when it gets in a powder coat like i might get a good look and then it goes to powder coat and then we get issues with the powder coating mm-hmm. reacting with you know and yeah it was the literally the fourth time so it's like four weeks each time it takes yeah you know it takes a day to put the patina on it takes a day to degas it takes uh time for to go through the cleaning process mm-hmm. and then get powder coated and they get yeah. picked up and brought back and yeah it's pain in the butt but it's i don't know to me it's worth it you know that's how you get cool stuff yeah yeah trying different things you know yeah it's 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 hard man it's you know content creation it's it can be both easy and hard depending on how you're you look at it and like i said you can think yourself into a hole trying to figure out what what you want to capture what you don't want to capture and you know at the end of the day there's always tomorrow and you can always shoot something else. shoot something else or do it better the next time or Man. you know because not not everybody sees everything you do they just see like portions of it you know yeah because there's but, so many things to see these days yeah but i think we're, we're almost at at two hours i don't even know how long we've been recording but we got to be close to two hours but well, for a while yeah i talked too much jason you, you got any uh any hateful comments this week uh i don't know i haven't even looked i would yeah. say we skip that tonight that way you guys can yeah chill. actually hang out for a little while <laughs> yeah because i'm sure you're leaving what tomorrow yeah tomorrow morning yeah hmm. you want, and is it shops before you leave oh i definitely no? want to go by yeah at least by yeah. the, at the, the bike shop oh yeah yeah definitely. you got extension cords there yeah We've got some extension cords there. We, we, uh, you know what, Sedge, Sedge, I picked up some for you in Pennsylvania. There it is. I'm still number one. Still number one, (laughs) baby. Eric, you have chargers at your bike shop to charge all your custom motorcycles, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. 
we're strictly actually just it's funny you bring this up because just yesterday we went all electric <laughs> just off the cuff we're like you know what yep. screw these these screw these combustion engines that we've been using for 20 and years. you know what we just we stepped right over the fuel stage too we didn't even they uh, just dumped a bunch of double a batteries in the tank and it yeah. worked boom electric power <laughs> nice <laughs> solder some wires in there oh. yeah we don't even work on fuel injected bikes over at the shop carbureted old carbureted 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 nice man but i do like electric ignitions it helps out <laughs> jason's like i have a engine um what <laughs> my butler does all that stuff for me i don't know what oh my doing. god trevor trevor start the car for me yeah, warm it up. I want the seat to be exactly 79 degrees when my butt touches it. I know you were talking earlier about, you know, leaving that door open so that you could take the trash out and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, I know he's got somebody to take his trash out. Who's a tiny fool? Yeah. yeah. Name is and Nicole. He, but he does pay me pretty good. <laughs> he pays you pretty good. You yeah. drive out to us and take his trash out. Sorry. I do. He's only, he's only uh, 35 minutes away. What but... the hell? Get over here now. Yeah, he needs to yes. take out Leo's uh, shit diapers. Yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. Did you? Right away, sir. Right away. Did you happen to pull the trash out of the seventh bathroom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think you did. Except for the West Wing, not the East Wing. Yeah. Last time, Sedge. Last time. Yeah. <laughs> don't put me in the world again, sir. Please don't. It's okay. <laughs> okay, I did it for Louis the Fourteenth. I can do it for Jason Ben. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna get out of here, Eric. If if anybody wanted to find out how to find out more about you, where where could they go? Where, who? What platforms and and what handles? That's a good one. Um, YouTube. So we're, we're, we're shifting episodes over to YouTube and, and new episodes are launching on YouTube. So our channel there is Craftsman's Legacy. Mm -hmm. And then Instagram is Craftsman's Legacy, the motorcycle shops, Voodoo Choppers. Um, I'm not great about updating Voodoo's stuff, but I'm, I'm trying to keep mm -hmm. up with it. And uh, that's about it. Yeah. Our website, Voodoo, or uh, Craftsman's Legacy website oh you know what we started launching or we uh started selling plans this week or last week one of the two plans for what woodworking plans really yeah and the legacy website yeah we awesome. started so we took some of the we've been taking the past projects i've done and different things and then having them drawn up they're, and they're fantastic the plans are wonderful and so we just launched that we 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 actually redid the store, so it's now the Craftsman's Mercantile. Oh, that's a really cool name. So we're selling all the Craftsman's Legacy merchandise, the prints. That's where I'm going to sell. Sometimes I do handcrafted stuff that I want to sell, like pens and bowls and totes and cutting boards and crosses and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So that's all going to flow through there. Um, and... Voodoo Choppers merch runs will run through there too. And then we're working on some limited edition stuff with some of our favorite artists where we'll do like, you know, a run of a dozen yeah. acts. Of Jason's a bitch. 
Jason's a bitch t-shirt. That's real popular. We sold out of those immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. You no, know, this is a cool thing, Ben. So uh, I'll be honest with you, 100%. We didn't even have a graphic representation of this shirt. It was literally just some verbiage of it sold out like that. Mm. Um, I was really surprised. But you know they- what? Everybody knows Jason's a bitch. Hey, yeah. thank you so much for for that little snippet because I have a great idea. Right. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Ben. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So, um, so yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. All right, Jason, where can we find you? JasonWorking.com and be on the lookout because there'll be, there'll be some new stuff on the website here really soon. <laughs> really soon. You can find me at Motion Designs. Sedge, go and take the next 20 minutes and tell us where you can find me. Sedgetool.com, but Sedgetool on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. You got the TikTok? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been TikToking for a while. Nice. I'm a, I'm a TikToking machine. I got a couple to a tree, uh, over a million views. Whoa, nice. Yeah. And then uh, also, of course, my day job, Festival USA, uh, uh, YouTube channel, and also, um, oh, don't forget, Sedge Tool YouTube channel. That's my that's my primary. But also, um, Festool Sedge on Instagram, and Festool Live, and Festool Shop Talk. Awesome. Where Eric was a guest. <laughs> that, that was, was awesome. a lot of fun, dude. That was a great day for sure. I got to come visit you, man, uh, over at HQ there. Yep. Always welcome. Love Always it. welcome. We're open to the public now. If people want to stop in, but uh, well, just say yeah, hi. <laughs> but for you guys, plan I'll a, give you a, I'll give you a wicked tour. Yeah. Plan a trip down here. Yeah, for just sure. Crash at the house. You put me up in the West Wing? Uh, East Ben's Wing. West, West Wing's reserved for top quality guests. <laughs> uh, ben said I could borrow his tent. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, beware uh, of the steamroller. Michelle stayed in the West Wing. Patrick was in the basement. <laughs> but he made some mouse pads while he was here. Oh, yeah, he made mouse pads. Mouse pads. Hey, guys, look. It's a mouse pad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. All Thank right. you so much for, for listening to the podcast. We'll, Thank we'll, you. We'll, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for being Oh, on. man. Thanks for Thank letting me for... stay in the house, Sue. I'm sorry, Eric, that we didn't talk more about tools. <laughs> no, we'll I talked to you, Jason. Hearing from you. Yeah. <laughs> you brought a tool. <laughs> I am the tool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. bye.